Welcome to Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. Do you sometimes feel alone in life with personal and interpersonal struggles and challenges? We'll show you that you are not alone and that you can learn and thrive from your challenges and thereby live a healthy life. Now, here is your host, Dr. Vadisha Patel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Perspectives. I am your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. On today's show, I'm looking forward to a conversation with an amazing woman, sometimes referred to as the godmother or high priestess of creativity. The New York Times has called her the queen of change. She has been an inspiration to millions of people around the world and to me personally. I'm talking about Julia Cameron. Julia is credited with starting a movement in 1992 that brought creativity into the mainstream. She is a best-selling author of more than 40 books, both nonfiction and fiction. Julia is a poet, a songwriter, a filmmaker, and a playwright. In her seminal book, The Artist's Way, Julia shares with us a toolkit on how to unleash the creativity within us. What is remarkable about this book is that it's based on techniques she has used herself, and they're all doable and manageable amidst whatever's going on in your life at the moment. And I should know, I stumbled across the artist's way over 10 years ago when I was raising my children. I followed the path that she outlined in her book, and I've been using many of the techniques even today and on a daily basis. So, Julia Cameron, I am so pleased that you're able to join me today on Perspectives. Well, I'm glad to be here. It's good to talk to you, and it's interesting to me to hear your own practice with the artist's way. (laughs) I will share that as we go through our conversation today. And, And I do want to focus quite a bit on some of your teachings from the artist's way, but I think I'd like to start by finding out how you actually got into this field and what your earlier jobs were and how you started writing and so maybe you could start sort of at the beginning and, and tell us a little bit about that first part of your journey. Well, that's quite a few questions. <laughs> uh, so uh, I began writing full-time when I was about 18 uh, and I had a first job uh, opening mail at the Washington Post Uh, And while I was there, I began writing for them, uh, and they were spotted by Rolling Stone, who called up and asked me if I'd like to write for them. So I began writing for Rolling Stone and began a pathway uh, to creativity uh, that has served me pretty well up until today, Uh, and... Uh, I found that if I tried to tell the truth, my writing became interesting. If I tried to be brilliant, my writing became too convoluted. So I started trying to just tell the truth, uh, and that has practice that has served me very well. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And that actually is an interesting point that I know you write about that. I believe it's in the book, The Right to Write, um, about not trying to be brilliant necessarily, but just about writing. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Um, So when you were 18 and you started writing, was that just for yourself or was that the job you were talking about at the Washington Post? No, that was just for myself. Uh, When I was 18, I was in college, uh, and I went to Georgetown, uh, where they didn't want women to graduate. Uh, And so uh, I had to lobby the priests to please let me continue in English. Uh, And they said, well... You'll be a wife. Men are writers. Wow. Uh, And um, I fortunately ignored their advice. (laughs) Yes, and that stood you well. So if I asked you the question, what does it mean to you to be a writer? And also, would you call yourself a writer or would you call yourself something else? 
I call myself a writer. Uh, and so when I fill out a, a passport form and it says occupation, I say writer rather than saying teacher. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think of myself as a writer, uh, and I have written faithfully uh, from 18 till now, and I'm 70 now. That's very inspiring. Um, and your inspiration for what you write, where does it come from? Well, I want to say it probably comes from a higher force, uh, and uh, that some people would call it God, other people would call it the muse, uh, other people would call it simply inspiration. Uh, but what I find is that if I listen, uh, I'm directed about what to write next. So it is for me a listening path. That's a really interesting way to look at it because um, in it was actually a question I was going to ask you a little bit later, but we're often in school, we're taught how to write. We're told that this is how you write. This is good writing. This is, I won't say bad writing, but it's not so good writing and we get graded on it. And the kind of writing you're talking about, I think is very different or what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think uh, that when we are studying writing in school, we're given a lot of rules and regulations, uh, and we're told to write topic sentences and transitions, uh, and we begin to become very self-conscious about our writing. Uh, and our writing actually... Uh, can be much more free. Uh, and I think that uh, it's a problem in our scholastic system uh, that our writing becomes so strict. Uh, and I think uh, that uh, if we try to write what wants to be written, uh, we begin to have more freedom. And do you have any thoughts on how we could incorporate that into the school system? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one because I suppose that um, everyone needs to learn some le- some basic foundation of schooling and then you can uh, move away from it um, as, as needed, I suppose. But you know, that is a tough question, so I... Just thought I would put it out there in case you had a thought. (laughs) Well, Um, I feel like um, I was the writer in residence in film at Northwestern University. mm -hmm. uh, And what I discovered was that my colleagues on the faculty knew a great deal about how to take something apart, but didn't know very much about how to put something together. Uh, And so... Their students were routinely criticized rather than encouraged. Interesting. So how do you learn to put things together? Like how did you learn to put things together instead of taking them apart? I think it was just that the habit of writing was so strong for me. Okay. Uh, that I found uh, that uh, I was actually being led. Uh, And uh, I should probably talk now about uh, I got sober. Uh, I'm a sober alcoholic. Okay. I've I've been sober for 41 years now. Congratulations. Thank you. And... What happened was when I first got sober, uh, I was worried that writing would be difficult without scotch. (laughs) Uh And uh, what I found was that I had some friendships who said, try and let something write through you. And I said, well, what if something doesn't want to write through me? Right, the fear. they, They said, well, just try it. 
So I tried it, uh, and I put up a little sign in my writing area that said, Okay, God, you take care of the quality. I'll take care of the quantity. Uh, And what I found was that as I tried to let something write through me, something did. Uh, And my writing went from being uh, a, a very tortured intellectual exercise to being uh, a much more free uh, exercise. So, can I ask you how long was how long did that transition take? I think it was actually pretty fast. Uh, I think uh, that I I keep on doing the same tools uh, forty one years later, so the transition has been ongoing. Okay. Great, and we are going to talk about those specific tools a little bit later on, so I'm, I'm not going to go down that road right this minute, but I would like to ask you, in that same book, The Right to Write, you explain that we are all writers, so what do you mean by that statement? I think uh, that we are all born with language as a tool, uh, and we learn to use language uh, early on to claim our our experience, and then we go to school, and we're told that we have to be strict. Uh, and what I have found uh, is that if we just listen to what wants to be written, uh, we will find uh, a flow, uh, and that. Uh, it isn't necessary for us to be frightened of writing, but many of us are. Uh, we we feel like we have uh, to do it perfectly. Uh, and what I'm telling people is, put aside your perfectionism. Just write. Uh, and then what I find is that many people are much better writers than they believe themselves to be. So in a way, we, are, we, we need to reprogram what we were told in school because I remember vividly read marks on research papers, on creative writing assignments, um, somebody assessing what, I thought was my my best effort. Well, I think uh, that our teachers are trained to criticize, uh, and they're not trained to encourage. So, uh, if you're writing and you have a um, sort of what you might want to call a charming aside, uh-huh. uh huh. That will be criticized as straying from the topic, right? Rather, rather than being seen as an interesting tributary. Okay, so so should we all be writing? I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I think uh, that everyone can benefit from writing. I think that writing is a very powerful form of meditation, uh, and it's a, it leads us on a spiritual path. Uh, and I think that it's uh, something that everyone can benefit from trying. Well, I would I would agree with you. I think that writing is an in, it can be an incredibly meditative process. I think it's also helpful. Um, to uh, help somebody sort out their own issues. I know that I use it in my private practice with many of my clients, suggesting that they try writing to see what comes if they are if there's a problem that they're grappling with. And often they can come to their own solutions just by sitting with themselves and writing. So I think that's very true. I think uh, that people will often say to me, Julia, I got further in a few weeks of morning writing than I had in years of therapy. (laughs) 
And I think uh, what they're saying is that they made the acquaintance of what you might want to call the undefended self, the authentic self. Uh, And Jungians tell us that we have about 45 minutes after awakening before we get our ego defenses in place. And so what I say to people is write first thing uh, and listen to what you have to say. That's a really interesting concept. I want to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. We are about to head for a short commercial break, so don't go away. We'll be right back to talk some more about writing with Julia Cameron. You're listening to Perspectives with Dr. Vidisha Patel, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Dr. Vadisha Patel is a licensed mental health counselor working at Peace of Heart LLC in Sarasota, Florida. Peace of Heart offers individual counseling with children and adults, as well as programs in stress reduction. Dr. Patel utilizes a relationship-based approach to treatment. She is currently accepting new patients. To find out more, visit peaceofheartllc.com or in Florida, call 941-539-1727. Again, that's peaceofheartllc.com or call 941-539-1727. Peace of Heart LLC, managing emotions for a healthier lifestyle. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you living a healthy and fit lifestyle? It's not just related to your physical well-being. It also means a healthier mind, confidence, improved health, stamina, and fitness. Talking with Tremaine brings it all to you. Host Tremaine Ellis, along with her husband and co-host David Ellis, will offer support, advice, guidance, and motivation to keep you in your best shape, both physically and mentally. Talking with Tremaine can be heard live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I'm delighted to be in conversation with Julia Cameron. We have talked a little bit about Julia's life as a writer and artist and how she has generated some wonderful advice for the ways we can all unleash our creativity. So, Julia, we were talking a little bit about... um, the last point you made, which was that um, the first 45 minutes after we awaken is... Um, it's a time for candor. Okay. So is that how you develop the concept of the morning pages? Well, the morning pages were born out of loneliness. Uh, I had uh, written a screenplay for John Boyd, uh, and he told me it was brilliant, And then after that, I couldn't get him on the phone again. (laughs) So I moved to a little town in the mountains called Taos, New Mexico. Uh, And I was going there to try and sort out my brilliant career. Uh, And what happened was that I found myself very lonely in Taos. 
uh, and I started writing pages to keep myself company. Uh, and I found uh, that they took about 45 minutes. Uh, some people are much quicker than that. A few people are a little slower than that. Uh, but what mattered was that they be done um, first things first. So I would get up and if I was cheerful, I'm cheerful. Uh, and I developed a habit of confiding in the pages, and they became a sort of witness to my life. Uh, and I found myself telling other people to try them, uh, and that was the beginning of the artist's way. So can you describe for our listeners exactly what the morning pages are and how you teach it in the artist's way? Well, it's simple to describe. Morning pages are three pages of longhand morning writing, a strictly stream of consciousness about anything whatsoever crosses your mind. And there really is no wrong way to do them. Uh, People sometimes want to do them perfectly or want them to be art. Uh, And I say, relax, just write. Uh, And people begin writing, uh, and what happens is they start to become intimate to themselves. Uh, And they begin to have, uh, I I would say, a path uh, that they follow. And as they follow the path, uh, they become more clear-headed. And the the pages will lead you sort of a step at a time in the direction you need to go. So, for example, if you're a loud mouth, the pages will encourage you to hush up a little bit. Uh, and if you're a milk toast and you're very quiet, the pages will urge you to speak up. They always adjust you in the direction you need to be adjusted. And do you still write your morning pages? Yes, I do. And yes. what do you what do you do with so now you have forty plus years of morning pages, I'm guessing? Thirty. Thirty. So what do you do with all those morning pages? Do you still have them? I have some of them. Uh, for a long time, I saved all of them. Uh, and I told myself that if I ever had to do a memoir, I would need to look back through. Uh, and what happened is I was assigned to write a memoir, and I never looked back through. So then I decided I didn't need to save mountains of morning pages, but I've had people burn them, I've had people toss them out, I've had people bury them. Uh, I sometimes think that we should say, um, forget about the body, cremate the pages. (laughs) Um, And I'm just, I'm curious about... How, you know, do people go back and reread them? You said that you originally saved them in in case you had to write a memoir. Um, But do you go back and read some of the morning pages that you have? I do. uh, And I find them very soothing. Uh, And uh, I I was reading back in a journal today, uh, and I was noticing that the pages were encouraging to me uh, and they assured me there was a place for me in my work uh, and uh, I found myself uh, reading them avidly uh, and I found myself thinking oh the message is really very encouraging and sometimes I say to people, you need to ask questions in your morning pages. So I, I go LJ for little Julie. 
Uh, and then I ask, what should I do about, let's say, my crush? <laughs> and then I listen and write down what I hear. Uh, and I find that I am often much wiser than I think I am. So in that, so then morning pages are then the quantity of the writing, not the time. Is that correct? Yes, three pages a day. Okay, and the other thing you say is that it must be longhand, not typewriter from the old days or a computer. And what well, is what I what I find is that if you do it on computer, you go faster but you don't go as deep. Uh, And when you do it by hand, uh, you actually get what you might want to call a handmade life. Uh, And you're given more authenticity uh, and more specificity. Uh, And uh, so I encourage people to always try to write by hand. But if it comes down to somebody saying, I could only write on the computer. I say that's better than nothing. Right. And have you ever had a day when you've missed your morning pages? Yes. Uh, I I ordinarily miss my morning pages when I travel. You know, if I have to get up at 5.30 and leave the house at 6.30, uh, I end up doing morning pages later in the day. Uh But the thing about doing pages later in the day is that you're reviewing a day that you've already had and you're powerless to change. Whereas if you do them first thing in the morning, you're sort of laying out a golden track for yourself. And do you notice uh, the days that you don't write the morning pages at all, do you notice a difference in how your day goes? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm much more scattered. Uh, And I find uh, that the days when I miss morning pages, I have regrets. Uh, And the days that I do morning pages, I tend to be much more positive. So I have to tell you, I love your morning pages. When I first read The Artist's Way and worked through it, I was a little bit intimidated by the concept of the morning pages. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I started doing this when I was raising my children. And so my life was very busy. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, how will I ever fit three pages into my day? Um, And what I discovered was as you said, it's, um, it is transformative. And once you start, it's really hard to stop. And I also notice a huge difference in my day, in my thought process when I don't get to write. Um, and so to all the listeners out there who may not know about this particular tool, I think it's, um, invaluable for everyone. Um, well, I think people are afraid. They say, Julia, I don't have time to do morning pages. Uh, and then I say, well, get up earlier. <laughs> make time. Uh, and when people make time for morning pages, what they find is that during the course of their day, they have much more time uh, because they're moving smoothly from article to article rather than stopping and saying, Oh, dear God, what should I do next? So morning pages actually give you time. And that's something you also talk about in one of your books, where you mention the time lie, mm-hmm. that there's so many of us that have ideas of what we want to say, but we we keep putting it off. Um, and I... I don't know if it's necessarily about morning pages, but um, it it's about writing in general, I think. Um, you know, I, I'll write the book when, I'll put an entry in my journal when, 
how do we how do we get around that? Well, that's what morning pages get you around. Uh, so, uh, morning pages teach you to write freely uh, and teach you to write immediately uh, and teach you to move forward. Uh, and what I find is that if people do morning pages, then they move to the page much more easily on other forms of writing. Okay, so it, it so really we are setting ourselves up first thing in the morning, and it's the intention we set then that's going to dictate or predict what the rest of our day will look like. Um, and I think and that's so. something you hear about in meditation and mindfulness and some other practices as well. Well, I think. Uh, I think of morning pages as a valid form of meditation uh, that is particularly well suited for Westerners uh, because a lot of times we have a hard time sitting for 20 minutes and doing nothing to meditate. (laughs) Right. Uh, And so I say sit for 20 minutes and do something. Uh, And what happens is with conventional meditation, you take a problem into meditation and you meditate on it and you end up feeling like, oh, I don't really need to do anything about that. You've sort of meditated it away. And when you do morning pages, what happens is you move to action and you're, you take something into morning pages and you write about it and it dictates, oh, I need to do something. So I think... Morning pages are a call to action. I I like that way of looking at it. Um, I do have a question in that same vein because I find that when writing morning pages, lots of ideas come to mind about um, different topics of essays that I might want to pursue or projects I want to do, but particularly the writing ideas. Um, But how do you transition from having put those ideas in morning pages and move yourself to make it into something else, <laughs> writing well, in some other part, part of your day? I, I think that morning pages urge you to action. So if you have an idea, uh, it may come up in morning pages and then you may find yourself working on that idea later in the day. Uh, and I think that they are a powerful catalyst for getting your stray ideas down on the page. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I'm still struggling with the concept of transitioning from taking those ideas to having them manifest into something else. But... Perhaps it's not time for them to manifest yet. Uh-huh. Um, do, you so, do you find yourself uh, doing unexpected things? I do. I do. I also find myself um, in that time lie that I don't have time for it today or I'll think about it, and I'm in the middle of something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a girlfriend who says, write for 20 minutes. Set a timer for 20 minutes. Interesting. That's, that's also another great tool, and I actually would like to talk about some uh, specific tools that you might have for our listeners. Um, when we come back, we're going to go for another short commercial break so don't go away and we'll be back to talk some more with julia cameron this is perspectives with dr vidisha patel opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness dr vidisha patel 
is a licensed mental health counselor working at Peace of Heart LLC in Sarasota, Florida. Peace of Heart offers individual counseling with children and adults, as well as programs in stress reduction. Dr. Patel utilizes a relationship-based approach to treatment. She is currently accepting new patients. To find out more, visit peaceofheartllc.com or in Florida, call 941-539-1727. Again, that's peaceofheartllc.com or call 941-539-1727. Peace of Heart LLC, managing emotions for a healthier lifestyle. Can you truly expand your possibilities beyond what your normal capabilities are? It's very possible when you can know more, do more, and be more. Tune in each week to Shift Happens with host Karin Weary. The world is waiting for you to show off your unique gifts. It starts with healing yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Once the scars of our past are gone, we can truly begin to shine. Listen live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Everything is energy. It's all connected. Your energy can be seen as the foundation for your life and impacts all areas of living. Do you realize that your thoughts have the power to affect how you show up? Tune in for Healthy Energy with Margot, featuring host Margot Nielsen. Margot and her guests will show you that connecting to your energy is vital to your health, relationships, money, and more. Listen live every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Vidisha Patel, your host for Perspectives. We continue the conversation with Julia Cameron, writer, artist, and amazing mentor for everyone looking to break through creative barriers. Julia, we were talking about morning pages, and they do seem to be at the foundation of uh, your book, The Artist's Way, and of the lifestyle that um, has brought you to where you are today. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the actual writing. Um, in one of your books, you or you frequently reference write as fast as you can. And I'm wondering, what is the reasoning for that? Well, what I have found in my teaching is that speed moves you past the sensor. If you're trying to write quickly and write down whatever occurs to you, uh, your sensor will object, and you learn to ignore your sensor uh, or move past it and miniaturize it. Uh, so um, speed is a very valuable tool. Okay. Um so you said your morning pages typically take you about 45 minutes? Mm-hmm. And yes. right before the break, we were you were mentioning that a friend of yours said to set a timer and write for 20 minutes. Was that for a different time of day, or was that in reference to the morning? That was for a different time of day. Okay. When you had one of those stray ideas that your pages had brought up and you had the time lie telling you you don't have enough time to do it, she <laughs> says, try 20 minutes. That's uh, great. Yeah. Everybody can find 20 minutes in the day. That's very true. That you that so, could even be while you're waiting for somebody in a doctor's office or having a cup of tea or something. Right. The 20-minute rule is... I. I thought it was a wonderful tool uh, and uh, told her, oh, you're really going to help people with this. 
<laughs> and what about you? What does the rest of your day look like? When do you write at other times during the day? Well, I, I get up and I go to the kitchen and I get a cup of cold coffee that I'd made the night before. Uh, and I drink my cold coffee and I sit down in the living room uh, and I write my morning pages. Uh, and, uh, you know, after all this time, uh, they are still valid for me. Uh, and then I typically walk my dog. Uh, and the walking is another valuable tool for creativity. Uh, it brings you intuitions, hunches, insights. Uh, and uh, so I walk my little dog. Then I come home. Uh, and now it's, let's say, 2 in the afternoon. Uh, and I sit down and I work on whatever it is I'm working on at the time. Uh, and uh, I I write... I. I sometimes don't write very long. You know, people picture eight-hour days at the t- at the page, <laughs> and that's not my story. My my story is I write for a little while, uh, and what I find is if I do a little bit every day, it adds up very quickly. So uh, I I believe. Uh, that it's important uh, to be consistent. So, yes, I think eight hours sounds very intimidating or a full day sounds very intimidating and consistency does seem to make more sense. Yes. Because then it becomes becomes a, a, a habit, a routine. Right. And do you ever get distracted while you're writing? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, I feel like um, when I'm writing, I'm deliberately moving past distractions. Okay. So distractions are sort of a constant theme, uh, and writing is what I do about them. So if I'm I'm thinking of just examples that people have given me that they lose focus if the phone rings or if somebody walks by or there's a dog running through the yard. Um, when I say distractions, I'm thinking about those things. Is it? Do you work those into your writing? A lot of times I do. A, a lot of times uh, a distraction actually proves to be a good path. Okay. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about Failure and writing, is there such a thing? As failure in writing? Can can we fail at writing? uh, I think we're trained to believe that failure is likely. Uh, We we aren't told, write and something will come of it. We're told, write and brace yourself for rejection. (laughs) And... Do you think that's where so many people have this enamored concept of the struggling writer-artist because they assume that you're going to fail more than succeed? I think uh, that we have a very negative mythology about writing. Uh, We're told it's difficult, which makes it difficult. (laughs) (laughs) We're told uh, it's hard to get published. Uh, We're told we're going to be broke. Uh, And what I would say is learn to think of writing as something that comes to you with ease, that you are led forward, that you are more than solvent. Uh, And... If you write with the with the positives of creative artists are important, 
you begin to have more dignity for yourself. Uh, And I think uh, that you begin to feel like, oh, I don't know where this is going, but I do know it's going somewhere. (laughs) And it speaks to the, if you have, if you believe in yourself and you believe in your dignity, that will show and that will come across. I think it does. Yeah, I would. I agree. Um, what about writer's block? Have you have you had writer's block? Well, this is where I think morning pages are so invaluable. I realize I sound like a fanatic. Uh, <laughs> but, they do work. <laughs> but morning pages are a way around writer's block. Uh, and I have a tool... Uh, called Blasting Through Blocks, uh, which is also a a way to tackle writer's block. And that is you get on the page and you list all of your fears and all of your angers connected to the piece of writing that you're doing. Uh, And then you share that with somebody. Uh, And what happens is that when you do these fears and angers lists, they move you to action. Because you're acknowledging them, or probably, or, yeah, and probably I, they're not lurking in your subconscious anymore. I I often think about the morning pages and that type of writing as being able to download a lot of thoughts that are in your that are lurking in your being, and is this something similar that? we get it out and so we don't have to worry about it and we can move beyond it? I think so. Um, That that sounds right to me. You also have something that you call the wall of infamy. Oh, yes. Can you talk about that? I thought that was very fun. (laughs) All right. So uh, the wall of infamy is something uh, that occurs uh, as you're trying to do a piece of work uh, and you find yourself blocked. Uh, And what you do with the wall of infamy is that you pinpoint the things that are blocking you. uh, And so, uh, uh, for example, uh, I had a, a husband... Uh, who was unfaithful. Uh, and what I did for the wall of infamy was pin up clippings of him and his lover. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and every time I would think, oh, I, I can't go forward, I would look at the wall of infamy and I would get adrenaline. <laughs> okay. So I um, hope other people have I, a happier I, wall of infamy. I am sure that there are many people out there that would be inspired by an adrenaline boost doing something like that. I think it's a, a great way to actually channel what would ordinarily be negative energy into something that's positive because you're now channeling it into your writing. Right. So do you have any other um, favorites uh, from your toolkit that you could share with our listeners? Well, I think we have conveniently ignored something called artist dates. Yes, yes. If you could please talk about that. Well, artist dates are a once a week block of time to do something that interests or enchants you. So it's assigned play. And what happens is when I'm teaching, uh, everybody takes to morning pages their work and we have a strong work ethic so we say oh I'm going to work on my creativity but then if I say now I want you to go out once a week and play they're like play what (laughs) what good is that going to do Uh, and we we have an expression the play of ideas Uh but we don't take that literally as a directive Uh, and what happens with artist states uh, is is that it's as though we have switched the dial over from send to receive uh, and we get intuitions hunches 
uh, inspiration. Uh, a lot of times people will say, Julia, I think I felt God. <laughs> well, and, and again, having tried the art estate, it is a lot of fun. It was it was actually surprisingly difficult to allow myself to go out and just have fun and do something that I wouldn't ordinarily do. Right. But it it does it does help you realize that it is important to receive and it is important to take care of yourself. Yes, I think uh, that what happens is on an artist date, we're being kind to ourselves uh, and we suddenly notice, oh, it's possible to be kind to myself. Right, exactly. Um, Julia, we are running out of time and I know that you do so much more than writing about writing and I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about some of your other ventures um, and maybe, you know, what your current projects are, what you're working on right now. Well, I had something interesting happen. I was interviewed by the New York Times, uh, and I found that I didn't blow my own horn. Uh, <laughs> I didn't tell them that I wrote for Miami Vice. I didn't tell them that I did NBC Movies of the Week. Uh, I didn't tell them about my short story collection. Uh, and I think uh, all of those things and my poetry, uh, I have a um, website uh, where people can download poetry for free and they and, can listen to music that I wrote. And what is that website, Julia? JuliaCameronLive.com Wonderful. So JuliaCameronLive.com and... On there, you can hear Julia and um, hear her poetry um, and maybe learn a little bit more about you. Um, Unfortunately, we have run out of time for today, Julia. Thank you so much for joining us today on Perspectives. A huge, huge thank you to you. It's been an honor to speak with you and have you give voice to some of your tools and techniques. Julia is a best-selling author of more than 40 books, nonfiction and fiction. She's a poet, a songwriter, a filmmaker, and a playwright. Thank you again for listening in today. This is Dr. Vidisha Patel, your host for Perspectives. I look forward to being back with all of you next week. We'll be talking about mindfulness and how it truly is for everyone. Wishing you all a wonderful week. Until next time. Thank you for listening to our program this week. Another edition of Perspectives with Dr. Vidisha Patel can be heard next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, have a lovely week.